grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. Welcome to After Dark once again, dear listener. And tonight I am joined by the fabulous Timberlina. We're going to be doing our very own special brand of sexual therapy answering your burning questions in our slightly hilarious signature way. Jasmine will also be joining us and she's going to be asking us just to stop, get off the hamster wheel that is life and check in with ourselves. That's all coming up tonight on After Dark. I'm Louise Wilkinson and you're on Newcastle Live. Want some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. Flying in with her wig in a frizzle is the booked and blessed Timberlina back on After Dark uh, for our favourite segment, which is uh, giving you the sex and relationship advice sans bullshit, which we are extremely good at, are we not? Aren't we? We're the best. And we're back. Can you believe it? We're back. Ah! We didn't. Have- <laughs> Look, honestly, um, I don't know whether you all keep up with Timberlina's socials. And if you don't, we're not friends. So you need to fix that right now. But if, like, how many countries, states have you visited this year? I am sick um, of opening up my Facebook and going, oh, I'm in Cologne. <laughs> I don't know. I've lost track. But, um, like, UK, France, the US. Um, I've been to Victoria. I'm going to Queensland. I don't know what else I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my calendar. Yeah, and this is why Timberlina now has a full-time assistant uh, who just <laughs> orders her around, go here, pack this, great. do this, wear this dress. I'm all over it. Yeah. Shout out. If you don't have one, get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep, shout out to your amazing assistant. Um, <laughs> she does a She's good going job. She's on maternity leave, so. Oh, God. I know. What's going to happen? Watch this space. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Timberlina will be back in 2025. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no. faith. I have I'll faith that you can, you can do this. You can do this. I know it. All right. Now, I have... Our first one tonight, I've got to tell you, I'm cranky, but I will see what you think. Okay. Okay. I'm scared. If you're cranky, I'm scared. Look, I am. I am. Okay. Here we go. Dear Timberlina, I just moved in with my great boyfriend of one and a half years. Good. His ex left in the middle of the night, so he always has to hold on to me while he sleeps. But I have insomnia. So I go to sleep at 4am or not at all. At first, I would lie down until he went to sleep and then I'd get up and do chores or watch a movie. When he realised I did this, he said it was not cool. He thinks that I should see a doctor and take meds, but I function fine. I've reassured him that I won't leave in the middle of the night, but this is becoming a big problem. What should I do? 
silence. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, he probably might need to see the doctor. Not Boom! You. Oh, my God! This is like, look, poor him. Like, I do, I do feel like his girlfriend has left in the middle of the night. I get it, right? But this is, yeah. you know, trauma dumping on a new partner and telling them that they have the problem when the problem yeah. is actually inside him. Yeah. They need to go to the doctor, they need to get help and break down the barriers of, like, why it's so triggering for them um, because the other person's living with it. They know that what they need to do. They know that they go to sleep at 4 a.m. and then they're functioning and everything's fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> insomnia is not a way that you – like a tool that you would use in your toolbox to upset your partner deliberately. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that she would love – to be able to lie down and go to sleep, uh, but it's just not yeah. how her body's wired. Yeah. I love a good nap. <laughs> oh, I love Hello. a good nap. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I would definitely not ever have this issue. Um, and sometimes when I've got lots of work on, I wish that I did because, you know, my body wouldn't be going, you can't work anymore, you just got to nap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like... Our favourite thing that we say every time I'm on is yep. communication. I would be like, hey, I am totally fine. I'm not leaving you. Like, I love to have a conversation, which we're having now, because open communication is key to any relationship. But I think you might need to go and see somebody or have a conversation with your doctor about getting um, some support with your ex and, like, have that conversation with them and... Um, moving on because then he is going to know that you're open to communication and breaking down those errors or issues in a relationship. And yeah, I think that thing that we always come back to is communication. So start that communication by saying, hey, I'm not leaving you. I'd have a conversation with you before I just pack up my shit and leave, but maybe you should go and have a little chat to somebody that can help you go through what you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's there's two things at play here. First of all, uh, she needs to not own that and she needs to have the conversation that, you know, this is this is your stuff and this is me and I'm a completely different person and you don't get to push that onto me. And also, you know, if the if he did go to the doctors or he did go to a, a psychotherapist or whatever, there are some amazing trauma therapies that can actually take that um, you know, that trauma response, that fight or flight or freeze uh, right out of the memory. Um, and it's life-changing to a lot of people. You know, uh, soldiers that have PTSD uh, go through this therapy and they don't have panic attacks anymore. I mean, you know, we've come so far in, uh, in how we treat those things that, you know, just to just to sort of have this sitting there, and yes, it was a traumatic event. Nobody's taking that away from him, um, but as adults, it is our responsibility to deal with our own shit, as hard yeah. as that is, and we can't push that onto somebody else. So, yeah, definitely have the the conversation that uh, no, this is I'm not not sleeping to personally harm you, uh, and 
possibly you've got a little bit of residual trauma that you're going to need to have a look at. Yeah. Mm. Spot on. Woo. Yeah. Mic drop. Okay. This next one. I'll be really interested to see what you do. I, mm, It's complex. Okay. I'm online dating for the first time. I have mild phys- a mild physical deformity that is not immediately noticeable in photos, though it is noticeable in real life. When is the best time to tell potential dates about it? Right up front seems weird, and I'm kind of uncomfortable talking about it, but it also seems deceptive to wait until we actually meet. I would want to know if the tables were turned. And please don't tell me that the right guy would care about, wouldn't care about the deformity. Yeah. I think the right guy wouldn't care about it, though. You're exactly right there. Um, I really think that um, what I'm sort of picking up here is that, um, you know, she's not particularly comfortable um, talking about it and owning it uh, as part of um, who she is uh, and therefore freaking out about telling someone else. I think you're right. I think the first conversation, if someone goes, hey, I don't think it's it's the right thing to go, oh, just so you know. Yeah. You know, um, but maybe sort of leading up to the date, you know, they've expressed interest in the date and just go, you know, that sounds fantastic. Just wanted to give you the heads up that this is a thing. Uh, it's not an issue for me if it's not an issue for you. Um, and, yeah, like if he's an asshole, then, you know, maybe that would be a consideration. But you haven't been – you've been transparent, um, but, you know, you – haven't sort of led with it either. I think in this, what I'm sort of seeing is, is that this is a big thing in this person's head uh, and potentially mm. won't be as big a thing in a lot of other people's head. Yeah. Mm. I agree with that. I think you may just have to step back and have that conversation with yourself where it's like, oh, like maybe I need to rework it into – how I'm telling people, mm. um, like how you said, like leading up to the date um, and just be like, hey, I don't have an issue with this, but like I just thought I'd let you know um, about it. And most humans are going to be kind and like yeah. just go on the date and see how well the date goes and then um, hopefully they make their decision on how the actual date went rather than whatever is going on in, with yourself. Yeah. And look, just, I'm going to share two really personal stories here because we are, you know, quite transparent here on After Dark. So um, in the dating pool, I have two things. The first one is that I am five foot flat. I wear high heels everywhere I go. I am really short, right? So Everyone tells me I look taller in photos. So I do like to flag that, but how I word it is, um, you know, if it's if it's someone that I'm chatting to online and I'm going to meet them, I will tell them that I'm fun-sized. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's never been an issue. And, in fact, um, I've had four significant partners in my life and three of them were over six foot two. It's not an issue. And, in fact, they actually love it. You know, the second one is is that um, I had 
which I've talked about um, on another show on Newcastle Live, I had uh, brain surgery and I have a very, in my hairline, I have a very little scar. Now, to me, this scar is the biggest thing. It's like a, you know, a giant um, alarm on my head um, and everybody can see it. What I've learned is that unless I point it out, right, or people look really freaking closely, they can't see it. Yeah. You know, so I guess what I'm trying to get across is, is that we all have our insecurities over certain things and possibly in our heads it's a bigger deal than what it is to other people. Yeah. I agree. Mm. So... I just think maybe, yeah, not out of the gate, maybe when you're planning the date, drop it in, but do it in a way that it's like, um, you know, this is part of the magical unicorn that I am and have that confidence to know that you are an amazing human even though um, you might have this, so it might be, she doesn't really say what it is, so it might be a limp or it might be, you know, um, whatever, it's not – as big a thing as what people, as what you might be making it out in your head. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Hopefully we've helped. Yeah, I think we might have. Now, this is, this last question, it also ties into someone I've actually just discovered on, um, on socials. Very interesting. Um, Dear Timberlina, um, I've seen it many times, uh, but is it a good idea to wait for sex or hold off on having sex for a certain period of time until further on in dating? Is it better to have sex very early on, like within the first five dates, uh, or is it better to wait? Um, Great question. Um, And also, I've seen this chick on Facebook, um, and she has this rule right? Yeah. Three months. Three months? I know. I was definitely going to be like, yeah, but in the first five dates for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, how do you know? Like, I get it. Like, there's a lot of people that don't have sex before marriage and they're like happily married and blah, blah, blah. But like, Sorry, you need to know. You need to, like, try before you buy, really, don't you? Um, yes. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I would, I'm just going to say, like, in the first five dates. But, like, I guess it depends on the person that you're dating also. Like, it's not just, like, um, are you, like, just is it a blow and go kind of situation or are you actually dating them to be in a relationship with them as well? Like, is it a one night stand kind of thing? Like, obviously that's just like boom, done. But like, if you're actually going on dates with them and it comes up, then yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be like, no, I am um, waiting to three months. Or if you're doing that whole, I'm waiting for three months, do you bring that up and be like, just so you know, I'm not, I will not be having sex with you. (laughs) Till I hit three months, Mark. Look, I can't. Do you have the answers for me on these? (laughs) Look, I've got to be honest. um, When I watch this woman that does the three month thing, 
Um, and she's really like she gets on there and she's like, you know, she kind of almost bashes the people that she goes out on dates with and she tells them about the three-month rule sort of out of the gate at the date and they go, oh, look, it's not for me. And she kind of gets on there and bashes them and goes, you know, what an asshole! like he won't wait three months. I don't think I'd wait three months. I don't think I'd emotionally and mentally invest in someone that I wanted to pursue something romantic with. You know, it's not like we're buddies and we're, you know, catching a coffee every now and again and, and that sort of thing. It's it's someone that you're going, okay, is this someone who can be a partner in my life? Uh, and let's – we're all adults here. Um, sex is a big part of – a romantic relationship and if you invested for three months and then found that the sex was terrible um yeah i'd be out i don't know about you bye <laughs> see i wouldn't want to be uh control um, alt delete yeah yeah control alt delete oh my god no thanks would i yeah no nah. i think we all need to stop pretending that um, you know, oh, they're a wonderful person. Our sex life is boring as fuck, but, you know, that's okay because they're wonderful. No, it's not. <laughs> no. It's just- like if there's no, like, yeah, you could have the most amazing relationship, but if, like, the sex is bad, then, like, isn't that, like, half a relationship? Yeah, you can have a very emotionally rich relationship with your bestie or your family. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, sex is the difference here. Yeah. So, yeah, look, we're not un- – barring, you know, if you've got religious beliefs that you shouldn't have sex before marriage and that sort of thing, we completely respect that here. But um, I think we're in 2023 and uh, you do need to try before you buy for – uh, to make sure that a very significant part of your fi- of your relationship is going to measure up. Yeah, killed it yes. yet again. Yet again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Timolina. What was that? Love it. Yes. Now. Thank you so much for joining us once again, my friend. Um, can't wait to see what uh, letters we get next time. Uh, there's been a few curveballs. You did very well today. Yeah, thank you. That was that was tricky. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Keep it coming. Yeah, absolutely. In both senses of the word, because yeah. here we are on After Dark. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my lovely. Well, uh, time for you to um, be off in a puff of glitter follow timberlina on the socials to keep up with all of her activities uh that are very wide and varied and get to a live show and support very soon thank you my friend thank you thank you want to unlock your pleasure jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love it's conscious sexuality Now, every time I have Jasmine on the show, I get this sense of calm. I feel nourished. I feel warm inside because I know that Jasmine is going to ask me to connect in with myself and just stop my silliness, stop my rushing around and just be for a minute. So I always look forward to our chats. Welcome back to After Dark, Jasmine. Thanks, Louise. It's great to be back. 
Now, look, today you're going to actually get me to do exactly that. And, you know, it's so valid. And every time we chat, uh, I just have this overwhelming feeling of, yeah, look, the world can wait for a minute. There's some stuff that we need to pay attention to as human beings. And uh, today you've got a great one for us. Yeah, I love the way that you put that actually, Louise. The world can wait. And, you know, in this very busy um, world that we live in, we're always uh, often thinking that someone is needing something from us. Mm. Um, There's a deadline that needs to be met. There is an expectation that is there. and it, what it does is it causes us to rush around and get into a little bit of a um, sort of a non-thinking way of functioning. We just do, 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 and we don't take that time to slow down. And today I wanted to share a little bit around the ways that we can begin to connect to our body, to begin to you know consciously uh, make our thoughts yeah. um, aware. And and the first step to doing that, which uh, when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, but the first step is by slowing down. Yes. Now, easier said than done. We did have a little bit of a chat off air about my little journey into actually having a think about how I wanted to set my day up and slowing down enough to connect in with that, which has been a journey this year within itself. But we really have to do it. I mean, when we're, as you say, giving to other people all the time and running on everybody else's clock, sometimes the hardest question that we have to answer is, what do you like to do? How do you like things? Because we've never even considered it. That's right, exactly. And so, the first step of slowing down gives us the space to ask those questions, Louise, mm. to, to go internally and to find out, um, you know, what it is that we might prefer to choose to do rather than just going with the flow of, you know, societal expectations in choices and decisions that we might be making. Um, slowing down causes us to begin to really uh, consciously think about what is happening in our life Mm. Um, and and the second thing from that which flows from slowing down is then we begin to notice yes and so we begin to notice all the things we begin to notice the good we begin to notice the bad we begin to notice where we're feeling pressured where we be, where we feel we're doing something because you know we think we should be doing it um, but also we we begin to notice the things that we do enjoy doing or the rituals that we might have in place that we're not prioritizing, but that we actually really enjoy doing them. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that's why the first step of slowing down is really, really important because without slowing down, it's going to be really difficult to then begin to notice. Yeah. And listen, I think if lockdown taught us anything, it is that, you know, the world will still turn chicken little, Mm-hmm. If we're not at the well, office, uh, if we're, you know, it it all still happened. We're all still here. And I think it gave a lot of us a bit of a wake-up call. Yes, mm. absolutely. But, so that's right. The world still spins around. Things still happen. You know, that text message that you got, you don't have to reply to it within five minutes. Um, 
for those of us who were around before the mobile phones, um, <laughs> you know, we didn't have to, te- we couldn't text back. You had to catch someone on the landline, the phone in the house, and then you just got back to them when you could. And there was a really big sense of freedom in that. Whereas now with, you know, so many electronic devices attached, we feel the pressure to have to do, to have to be. Um, but when we want to connect to our body, when we want to connect to our sexuality, when we want to connect to our partners or, you know, maybe even our dreams and desires, um, we have to choose to do that. It's not just going to come naturally because if we haven't done it yet, then our body doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, 100%. You're exactly right. And I'm just thinking back to a um, a night that I had uh, probably a, a couple of years ago and uh, I was having such a great time that I left my phone at home. Love that. And I didn't miss it. But I could not tell you the last time that I did that. Yeah. And we are, so we think we're connected, but we're connected to all of these electronics that are pushing Mm -hmm. us to respond so quickly and so fast and on their timeline. And even your social media channels will say to you, if you have a business page or you have an an Mm. Instagram feed, hey, listen, um, you need to respond quicker so that you get this badge. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So much pressure. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So in all spaces that we are existing in, there's all this pressure to, to respond and to do something faster than maybe we want to do it. Mm. So slowing down helps us to really start to consciously analyze that. And then we begin to notice the habits, the choices that we're making, either consciously or subconsciously, that we want to change. And then the flow-on effect of noticing is then we get to feel. Okay. So if anyone has watched the Barbie movie, there's a scene in there uh, as you get towards the end of the movie and Barbie is starting to realise and, and see that things are not as, you know, as maybe they were intended to be. And um, there's a sentence that comes through and there's a sort of a Billie Eilish song that gets mixed in with it and it says, now close your eyes and I, and just feel. Yeah. Um, and honestly, every time I think about that, it like just gives me goosebumps because feeling is where we get our wisdom from our body feeling is where we get those little nuggets of gold or those thoughts or those ideas. Um, feeling is where we get space from um, and feeling is where we then get to exist from a place of not hustle and not rush but a space, a place of um, choice. Mm. And um, that's why the first step of slowing down is important and then you can begin to notice. And then once you begin to notice, then you begin to feel what you've noticed. And so you get to, you begin to begin to feel, do those choices feel good or bad? Um, is what I'm doing right now exactly what I want to be doing or am I, am I doing it because I think I should be doing it? Um, it falls into all aspects of life. It's not just around sex and sexuality. It's actually all encompassing of who we are in being human. Um, and this is such a big key to being in the body and to connecting to your body is when you begin to feel, then you are truly existing from a space of fullness within yourself. Look, you're exactly right. And I I love, and we, we talk about this all the time, that, uh, you know, often we'll come together and we'll do a topic and one or the other of us will be going, I've researched a lot about mm-hmm. that this week. It just seems <laughs> yep. to be, we just seem to flow really well like that. But a lot of the um, the research that I've been doing recently is about um, 
what the body tells us and dropping into our body. And our the information from our body to our brain is like a super highway, like an autobahn, but the information from our brain to our body is sort of like a winding country road. So we can intellectualise all of the things that we think we should be doing and how we should be living our life and all of that sort of thing, but our body will let us know if we stop. It will Mm -hmm. let us know whether that actually sits right. And we don't listen to our body enough. Yeah, and like you said earlier, Louise, when we were having a chat off air, you were wondering why you weren't enjoying your day or you were struggling and until you started to prioritize your morning routine, which is what you wanted to be doing and what worked for you, then you started to enjoy your day and you started to feel more connected to yourself and, you know, not so rushed. And and this is a really common theme that I hear from, you know, a lot of people that I speak to is they um, don't feel connected to their bodies. They feel disconnected. They feel rushed. They feel hurried. They feel anxious. They feel angry. Um, and when we begin to slow down and then we can begin to notice and then we can begin to feel, uh, that's when we start to hear what our body is saying to us and we can start to live from a much more pleasurable space. Look, you're speaking my love language and (laughs) uh, it's absolutely true. And, you know, from a work perspective at the moment, I'm busier than I think I have been in the last three years. But because I'm listening to myself and making that time and space for myself and my body and nourishing myself properly, uh, I actually feel less stressed than I have mm-hmm. in a very long time, even though I'm busier, because yep. I'm making that time and honouring myself. It's just That's made right. the world of difference. And it's all about, it all, re- all comes down to how much do we value ourselves to prioritise what we need so that we can function from a place of pleasure and joy and happiness rather than a state of anxiety and, um, you know, where we're not happy. Yeah, you're 100% right. And uh, look, living proof right here that it really does work what Jasmine is talking about and uh, something that we can all just stop, smell the roses and, uh, you know, have a really good think about what feels authentic to us and how we want to live our lives because it will make the world of difference. Jasmine. Yep. Wow. Blew my mind. Thank you so much (laughs) for contributing this little nugget today. And I'm sure that the people listening will be thinking, yeah, I'm really going to slow down, listen to my body and see what it needs. Uh, from Absolutely. all areas, nutrition, uh, mental health, yep. sexuality. It's all important if we just stop and listen. Yep, that's right. And if anyone who has listened to the show or you want to go back and listen, we spoke about the the five pillars a while ago and yes. those five pillars feed into exactly what we're talking about here. Start to analyse all those different areas of your life um, and, and make the changes that you want to see. And it can be as simple as slowing down, noticing and feeling. Lovely. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us once again on After Dark. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Louise. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Always a business doing pleasure with you, dear listener. That is After Dark once again for this Tuesday. I'll see you back here, same bat time, same bat channel, 5pm next Tuesday for some more 
red-hot advice to spice things up in your love lives and the bedroom. I'm Louise Wilkinson. Thanks so much for listening. You're on Newcastle Live.